like a meditation start, you know, the ding. Yeah, the gong. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, volley fans, you know, whoever you are, welcome back to the Sandcast podcast. Today's a good day. You know, we're, we're missing our guy, Travis Money Mawarder, but I think we'll survive. It, it might not be quite as well structured having me host it. And me answering questions. And, and Madison on the <laughs> other end. But I think it'll be entertaining because we have Madison McKibben here, bro, beard bro number two, two, yeah, of three, yeah, and um, you know he's here. His brother's over in Italy, so we decided to toast uh, a little wine to the guy over in Italy. Yep, just made that up, but that's the only reason why we're drinking wine. Exactly. Usually, else, I don't drink on weekdays. Yeah, we don't want to get dehydrated. Yeah, exactly. So, and, this... but we'll we'll rehydrate with our Waikato we have here. Yes, exactly. Good so, to go. Here's you, Riley. Cheers, Riley. Jameson, you're at home. Editing. Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> Dude, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, man. It's uh, It's been a while. Yeah. When was the last time you were on? Dude, the last time I was on, you were at your, uh, oh, your last place. We were, And we were at the kitchen, dining room table. Dining room table. And, that's a, that's and the I, real OGs. And we like filmed it. And we did like the multicam because I just <laughs> yeah, right. I had gotten some multicam live thing. Oh, that's right. Where it kind of edited yeah. itself. I had my buddy Colt help us that's out. That's right. That's when we were all just winging it. Winging it. Hardcore. Winging it. Yeah. Actually, for the people p- people listening, one of the first things we actually filmed was, uh, what did you and Riley call it? You, I filmed it. Oh, yeah. It was really bad. Yeah. You and Riley. <laughs> we have to pull that up. But yeah. you and Riley were doing, you dressed in Aloha shirts. I don't remember. It was like, I do remember it was like Lily Koi something. And, oh, yeah. But it it was just it was a point in time where all of us were just winging it. We were throwing shit at the wall and seeing, <laughs> seeing what sticks. I forgot about that. Yeah, we were, it was, was like some kind of like volleyball sports talk show. And yeah, like, this is gonna be way too complicated. And <laughs> hey, we're trying things. We tried things. Yeah, I mean, you just gotta start somewhere. I settled into the podcast space. You guys settled into your venture your business venture yeah i mean someone asked me the other day they're like uh you know where do you see yourself in five years and i was like if you asked me that five years ago and you told me what we're doing now yeah i'd be like whoa what what happened like (laughs) for you yeah five years ago today what year is it 22 it's 22 i I think i had just I'm like you were commenting. Right, no, I was right at the beginning of my um, my autoimmune thing. I think. Yeah. Right. So you were right in the middle of it. Yeah. Would you have thought that? Uh, no, and that was always a dream, but I never really thought it. Like, it'd be cool to do something outside of volley that's like legitimate. You know, like something with not only value. that, but also coming back. Oh, and then coming back, and, and then winning, did, yeah. and then winning the Manhattan Beach Open back to back. No, because I remember going. I went to the finals two years in a row before that, and then I was out obviously for a few years. And it's like, how many chances do you even get to be in the finals of the Manhattan Beach Open? So it's like, in the back of my mind, I was like, that could have been my chances. Like, I just want to be on there once. Like, that would be amazing. But you don't know if it's going to happen. And so now I'm on there twice. It's pretty nice. I know. Isn't it, is, it kind of a trip? It is. Well, I mean, it's a trip. 
Is it well, more first of a trip? Off, than... First off, first off, first off, first off. I mean, I think I made a reel of like, you know, when you're having a bad day of volleyball, just remember that, you know, Trevor Crabb is a back-to-back-to-back <laughs> Manhattan Beach finalist, which we would have never happened, would have never thought growing up. If you told us that growing up, like, what are the odds? Or, you know, if we could all bet on it, we would have all put our life money down. Oh, like, one thousand. Trevor probably would. He probably at some point did call it. Like he was probably, I'm going on the pier three times. But like, okay, guy. No, no, he called. He was going to the to yeah. the NBA. He called all kinds of crazy so go, things. Going to the NBA. So for people who don't know, I mean, people know that we all grew up together. But like, it was it was mainly like me and Taylor played together, and yeah. Riley and Tri played together. Trevor was like in and out of club. Yeah, Trevor was like our. Um, well, I played club with Trevor. Yeah. And then he was like kind of like semi beach rat with me and Brad and that crew. But not really. He never played like yeah, he was. in the Queens Beach tournaments against like Alika and Lowry Hakala. He did at some point. Yeah, he wasn't in those ones. Yeah. He was part of that beach crew for sure. But then he kind of was like, I'm about, I play basketball. Yeah, he didn't play high school basketball. And then video games. Yeah, I can't speak to that or no. The crabs <laughs> downstairs where it's just, they just have this like, this uh, video gaming stadium, basically, where just all the kids would show up. Yeah, no, I spent, I spent a lot of nights there. My senior year of high school, I remember uh, a bunch of us would stay over there on Thursday night into Friday, and Taylor can speak to this. It's like totally out of the blue, but like we all loved the Beatles at that time. Oh, that is weird. That is super <laughs> weird for Hawaii. I know, I know, <laughs> super weird. And we would make like extravagant breakfasts Friday morning before school, because the crabs live like I don't know a few blocks away from Punahou. But we would all make breakfast. Me, Taylor, a few friends, and we'd stay the night. Interesting. I, was, I know, it's super like weird anecdotal S- stories. I got so many of them just oh, growing up with Taylor. Speaking and, of sleepovers, I was like. I was a straight nomad growing up. <laughs> I just get get my backpack, one pair of board shorts, and just, all right, everyone ask your parents if I could stay over. See yeah, you guys tr- in a week, family. Try to stay over a lot, but it's always good adventures. Yeah. Yeah. Tried to entertain. Tried to not overstay my welcome too much, but. No, it's all right. Went did. A f- went on a few uh, <laughs> water balloon launching excursions yeah. to Manoa Park. Yeah. I think. Uh, <laughs> You guys got your. I, I definitely influenced you guys um, to be a little more troublesome. I think. Ah, uh, just a, just a little mischievous. A little yeah, in a friendly way. Yeah, you just came up with some creative ideas. I mean, m- most of the stuff we won't, won't be able to use. But yeah. was it me, you, and Riley that set up the uh, the hat? That we blocked off the street with like cones and at Hayoni. Hayoni Park. Was that us or was that? I think I remember that. I don't think I was there. I remember the story. Okay, okay. Someone... No, never mind. We set up cones with like, like in string. The yeah, in the street. So people in... just like... Well, people were driving out. really fast. Right. So instead of putting up a sign, because it's dangerous, we like put up cones and we tied them all with string. Right in the middle. And some car just hit just it. Just plowed it. Plowed it and dragged it all. So I probably have to edit that out. Dude, the... Um, just... <laughs> like bombing cars with water balloons while they're going at full speed and just like slamming on their windshield and they're like... <laughs> It's so dangerous. I remember, I mean, we we were driving through Manoa, and we had a, a bunch of them, and you were on the passenger side, one 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 lane street, and you're just just grenade tossing oh, them yeah. over. <laughs> the cars going the other direction until they couldn't. One car stopped, 
And I, we kept going, or maybe I thought a car stopped because I was in the back seat. You know, I was Riley in the front, you there, yeah. I'm in the back. And you're just like, four. Yeah. Nailed it. <laughs> just anyway. so bored and had so much time on our hands. Yeah, but we, I think we did well with it. Yeah, it's good to be in Hawaii, I feel like. You know, small community, everything's fairly mellow. I guess it's like living in the South Bay here, but. Hawaii's like very you can like let your kids go out by themselves and you're Yeah. And get in trouble and learn safe. learn life lessons and Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad but, I was doing all that at a young age. You know, before like yeah eighteen ish. Yeah. Before you can really get in trouble. I mean, imagine if we went to LA at sea <laughs> and started doing it around those neighborhoods. We'd probably be dead. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad we got that out. But Okay, I didn't know that you, I mean, I should have known, but uh, I was more focused on my own game and me and my partner doing well. But you made two Manhattan finals before yeah. the 2016, 2017. Yeah, me and Haida made two in a row, I believe. And then um, I had match point. You had match point? Yeah, it's kind of funny. Against who? Against Casey and Jake. So Phil and Nick, Beat us, wait, yeah, Phil and Nick. Beat us pretty good, I think in two, whatever, 21-18, 21-18 for the first one. And then Jake and Casey, we went three, we had match point, and Casey hit, so hiding before the play goes, okay, ball dies inside, jump on it, angle. If it stays outside, go go, t- go to the rim, he says. Because we trained, in, at McKell's, we had trained me going high and dunking on the rim, and that's like swatting And you guys shots. still do that. Last time we filmed you. Yeah, that's true. I did. Yeah. Um, so he said, go up high. Like, you know, so I'm, I'm blocking the high line and he's going to sit in there for the angle. Ball comes. Like for me, it was like maybe in between. Maybe like it didn't die inside, but it maybe it was a little inside. So I'm like, okay, leave it and go high. So I'm just like sealing, making sure he hits it angle. Hits it angle, hiding bails. So I turn like, yes, and he's gone. Like, no, what? And he's like, what? It died inside. Like, it didn't die inside. And for the for Manhattan, like, this is a lifelong dream, you know? And it was easy, like a low seam. He just hit it. And then, so, like, that thing sat in my mind for definitely the two years that was I was that, out. Was that the one where, where Casey ran to, yeah, like, he jumped in with OB and, and all those guys? Yeah, it pissed me off so much. <laughs> We used that club a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I've seen it. Thanks. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, like that's what like sat in my mind for all those years. Like I might never get on the pier, and I could have just put my hand to the right six inches, and I'd be on the pier. Anyway, and I also after that we gave up two points. I came in and highlined it, and he took. They ran a four, which like, of course they're gonna run a four. I again. saw it. We we don't have to relive. Yeah. It. Anyway, but I was living in that. And then, so we re, fast forward, whatever, my first time getting on the pier, playing Casey on the right. So how was that going into that, that your next final? Or After I mean, your, your next, one? yeah, your next final. It was, what, um, what was different? Cause you didn't have John Hyden calling the shots. I just felt like it was, I mean, it was just very present. It was like, this is, you've been waiting for this one opportunity for so many years and it's against an opponent that you're confident against and it felt like my time but i was like 
but this is not earned. Like you have to go out there and earn it. And then we went like, it went super late in the, I don't even remember if it was the third or second I, or third set. Yeah. I, I was, I think I, was I think it was the second it, set, but it was, it was going deuces like overtime, I think. Cause we had a few match points and then, um, sure enough, Casey's coming in. I'm at the net. I'm like, you're not hitting low angle. And it's from the same side, pure side. So it's funny, like, I actually got on the pier by blocking that low seam angle. He's coming from the same side. I was on the s- south side, and I got it with the right hand. That is epic. It was kind of cool in my, in my own mind. Just, uh, I mean, come back and, and to do that. Like, just a side note, I think the year before, I think you, you were commentating two years before. Um, yeah, I've always wanted to ask Taylor this, but I'm oh, too scared. Oh my god! But you know what that I'm talking swing? about, right? That swing. Yes. Have you ever? Have, have you? Has that ever brought come up or anything? No. So for the people who don't, Not it was uh, it was against you know Phil and Nick Manhattan Beach Finals second set. Uh, Taylor and Jake won the first, and their Taylor was playing lights out. Yeah. He gets a ball in transition, and he has a swing. i know the swing i know the feeling i know everything there and he basically was like i'm gonna reach a little higher and go corner on it because it's filled all hazard blocking like don't go super low smart swing and he just like spatched it not it's not even a spatch but like spatched it two feet longer than he thought he was hitting it yeah, I thought he was and, going for high hands. Yeah, and, or or maybe it was high hand. Like just playing it safe. This is either gonna hit the corner, or it's gonna hit high hands and get. We can cover it, or high hands and out. Like it's a good swing, but he didn't get hands, and then he hit it like four inches out or something. Right? Yeah, it was it was so close. I'm sorry that we've said that on this podcast. We've always like that's hard to recover from, and then they ended up oh, losing yeah. third. <clears throat> you gotta know it's like in his head especially because trevor got on three times since then (laughs) which by the way we had a stat it was like hawaiians have been in the finals of mbo like rylan and i haven't haven't contributed to that stats but (laughs) no but like even back to lambo no yeah yeah, yeah. stein some crazy amount damn it how do i not remember that number no we've said it before on the show um I think we said it when Trev was on. You should say something Travis, crazy like Travis pre-recorded, like twelve of sixteen or something. Just, just Travis's Siri. I need, like, I need tra- the Joe Rogan guy tra- in the back where I'm like, hey, look that up. <laughs> See right there, there's the stat. Damn it. Oh, that is, that is pretty gnarly. Maybe we'll have an intern out there that wants to um, be our behind the camera I know. computer guy. I got it. Yeah, if there's any interns uh, that uh, want to help us out in any way, please reach out. Yeah, or the McKibben brothers. Yeah, we you know? we could definitely use them. But no, thank you for taking me down that Can double dip that road. Yeah, good times. Was, so what uh, what are you guys up to these days? What are I we know, up to I these know, days? Uh, there's been some physical division among the team, as we mentioned earlier. Physical division. Oh, for us How's personally, that or, or, yeah. or other. No, you're literally separated. Oh, by oh, the globe. oh, 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 us. I mean, for us or other teams. You, us. So uh, Riley um, has moved to Italy. Right. In Busio, I think the place called outside of Milan, um, with Carly and their daughter Storm, because mm. Carly's playing professionally again. Essentially, yep. the first team that she's played for 
at the start of her professional career. And so she's back oh. there. Riley's over there taking on more of a dad duty, taking care of Storm. And so I'm back here. And our other brother, Jameson, graduated from SC in May. And so he's kind of gotten the uh, <laughs> just trial by whatever, trial yeah. by error, hell, yeah. whatever it is of working with us. So, you know, filming all the AVP events, editing, you know, just kind of learning as we go. And he's been absolutely phenomenal. I remember there was a video in uh, Hermosa Beach where uh, some 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 young girl came up to him with a volleyball and asked him for his autograph and <laughs> Riley got it on film, which is kind of funny. So, no, it's been, uh, it's been Jameson and I, and uh, we've just been, uh, you know, adjusting and making things work and cranking out Wilson content um, and doing some other stuff with uh, YAK and a few other brands and trying to keep the YouTube channel going. We have some new ideas for 2022, but I'm expecting a baby boy in, hey. in a month. Yeah, buddy. So we got a lot of different things going on, uh, but a lot of ideas in the background. But right now we're kind of focusing on creating, you know, short form videos around the Wilson advisory staff. We uh, made one of you uh, <laughs> that, we, that we filmed a while back. Oh, I love. And so we just kind of scrubbed through a bunch of the footage that we had and uh, we're able to, uh, we're putting these kind of small pieces together. Dude, the, the Wilson relationship as a whole, which like obviously it's the beach volleyball. So it's like the core sponsor of beach volleyball. But like for me to have them and then they're completely tied in with you guys and I can just do like conversation like this kind of interviews where we're just messing around and then you turn it into like by far the best content that I post in from in my opinion. You know, obviously everyone's gonna watch highlights, which you gave me some of those too. But so good. No, oh, I mean it's it's, it's just so fun. It's it's fun. And no. I think uh what's fun about it is uh, people are more at ease. Like you don't get the PC answers. Like yeah. uh, you get, I, I think more of a glimpse of who these players are. Like dude, I've known you for a really long time, and you know I think there's a balance between like professional and then kind of letting loose yeah, and exactly. like you know just kind of being who you are. And I think that makes players more relatable. Yeah, I and, think most athletes err on the professional side. Like we all do when we're like. Younger, it's like we go to college or high school, you get interviewed, you're like, oh, okay, I got to say the right thing, got to say the right thing. So we all need to like really, you actually have to make an effort to like bring your personality out and whatnot. And when you're, when the people behind the camera are like embracing that and trying to help you and ask questions in that way and laugh with you or whatever, it makes it so much easier. And it just makes it more, it makes it more fun. It makes it more enjoyable. It's just for the fans, especially. I mean, I, I hope so. So that's like kind of our uh, next phase with the Wilson content is kind of rolling out these short form videos that are we're kind of balancing between you know tips that are uh, specific to individual players. I would uh, say. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, but you also, a few of them already? what is that? You posted a few of them already. Right? We've posted a few of them, but right now we're going through a lot of them because now it's funny. I, we actually had those interviews and I, you, we used B roll from last year. Mm. And when we were rolling it out, I'm like, uh, this isn't really contemporary it's stuff from last year. So, and there's only three tournaments. So I was like, 
we kind of scrapped that and we're like, okay, let's start over and let's use stuff that's from this year. But I just think is just better. And it's it's only an Instagram reel and we spend a bit of time on it. Yeah. But in the end, I think it's worth it. And I think that the way that what's nice about the way that we film is that it would be one thing if we're only making Instagram content and IG reels, but we film horizontally so that all the B-roll can be used for reels mm. or used for interview stuff for reels or in the future can be used for YouTube videos and yeah. you know stuff like that. So it's nice to have... It's nice to be... For one, Wilson has been a partner of ours since day one. I mean, some people may or may not know, but like in 2017, Riley and I had made one video and we went to them. We're like, hey, we're going to start a YouTube channel. And they're like... I mean, this was like the first sponsor we'd ever approached. And they're like, they're like, yeah, we'll sign you. And we showed them this video. I don't know if it's if it's, if it's on our channel before or not. Before you even before we even had, had a channel. channel, we told them we we're gonna make Damn. a channel. This is what we're gonna do. That's like unheard of that a company would do that, especially the company. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it was. Uh, we came in with with a lot of enthusiasm, and we had every every intention of yeah. doing it. Um, and so they've been a partner for with us since day one, and. And so, uh, you know, I'm very thankful for them. I mean, you've worked with them. Yeah. Well, you guys, you guys um, got me the intro, actually. Oh, we did? Yeah. Oh, sweet. You were Riley. <laughs> and it was when I was out. And so I signed the deal with them while I wasn't playing. Oh, that's right. Which was like the, the coolest thing for me because it was yeah. for the podcast. And look how it turned out. For, like they and signed it two times. <laughs> and now, yeah. And now, right, yeah. I had, well, I actually... In my contract or whatever, I was like, I want it to be incentive based. So, because I was like, I'm not playing. I get it. Like, why would you give me money for a player? But I like made it like I was still a player. And if I come back and I do this, then I'll, then I get paid and whatnot. So it wasn't like a big deal. It was like podcast oriented. But if I come back and I get the top finishes, then I get paid as a player. So it was cool. It was like, very incentivized to come back and actually perform. No, for sure. But I, I think you probably learned through that time too, is that, I mean, the athletes in the sport are very important. The competition is extremely yeah. important, but also the people, and I'm not talking about ourselves in particular, but like the people who give context, like you, you commentated for a while for the AVP when like it was just, yeah. just nothing right and you're like dude i'm gonna commentate yeah and then you Me started a podcast Wazebrook, um shared a flight to, to <laughs> yeah New York. i remember that yeah, i remember that you're like, dude, like yeah i'll let you talk over it if you dude, want and like try did it on his own which like anyone like that is not an <laughs> if easy they task. heard it they could tell if probably. you if you ever hear one person commentating like for one don't ever say anything rude or bad <laughs> or like give them crap because yeah. it's the hardest thing I think to to do it's so much. You almost have you a think. split personality, uh-huh. and so whoever does, I, I give props. Whoever does commentating on the, I own. was basically just podcasting and talking to myself for like hours and hours, which is like extremely draining. We were like, we were like, hey, am we doing all right? Yeah. <laughs> we sworn at all? Exactly. It's like things under my breath. Like oh, I was winging it <laughs> so hard, and then I went to Hollywood. And took some uh, classes, like hosting classes and stuff like that, which was super helpful. So like hosting, dude, I should show you the videos of that. Because they put me on 
video sometimes to like practice yeah yeah and then they critiqued it Mm -hmm. and there's like coaches there's people that host like talk shows and then you're one day you're practicing being like uh, like selling a product like on qvc or something like there's different and then there's like red red carpet interviews and then there's like oh dude you podcast you have to show that because you've you've, you've always been good i was trying to like sell stuff well, I also I, took improv classes. You took classes. improv at yeah. SC. No, I didn't. I took improv after. Didn't you take a class myself. at SC? No. No, I didn't. You didn't. No. Even though you're dating Gabby, t- you never took one. No. <laughs> <laughs> I t- I would have loved to. I took the classes. I did take them. Oh my god, that stuff was terrible. <laughs> Policy, planning, and development. Oh, that my was god. my major. Somehow, how did I fall into that? Hey, you got it done. But, I but yeah, improv stuff was fun for me. My brain works decently in an improv manner, which is why I'm really interested to see if I can act because you're not improvising anymore. Yeah. There, there's parts of it where actors need to know how to improvise, but they're remembering scripts and then they're, they have to know what the person's history is. or you know, There's all kinds of different tactics, but I'm like, I might be the worst actor of all time and pretty good improviser but i'm not sure yet. i think i mean i think you're right it's funny because how we've made like a bunch of different videos and like um we were making some stuff for beach volleyball world and uh you know writing the scripts out uh-huh. and this stuff i mean just making youtube videos in general and like riley is someone who like he wants the script written out mm. for me like i want like bullet points so i can like just kind of rift. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes it, it wastes a bunch of time. Right. But like, I, I can't say line by line well, you, and like make it natural. I'm doing line by line. And, it, and especially if it's written by someone else, I'm like, wait, this doesn't sound like me. So it's, <laughs> it's definitely a hard thing to do. But I guess my, my question to you is like, there's been, I mean, you, you've gone through it because of an injury. Same with Riley, same with me. I mean, as a professional athlete, being a beach volleyball player or any athlete, what advice would you give to them to, you know, take that first step of, you know, exploring something outside of the sport? Right, yeah. Um, but still remaining in the sport. Yeah. Know? We're going to take a quick break from the show, not just any break. This is the Waiakea water break. Now, Waiakea has been keeping us hydrated all year long, not just with any ordinary water. This is Hawaiian volcanic water. In all those bottles you saw, what's really cool is that they're made up of 100% post-consumer recycled ocean-bound plastic. So what that means is that each bottle helps remove the equivalent of five bottles from ocean-bound beaches, waterways, and cities. So they're not just keeping us hydrated. They're helping out the environment, too. And try, that's not the only cool thing they're doing. That's right. They're giving back to those in Hawaii through the Kokua Initiative, which supports the local food banks and the nonprofits out there. Another really cool thing is that they make coffee. I'm a big coffee fan, so I'm excited to drink this product. And for every pound of coffee purchased, Waikia donates a book to a child through its literacy program. So use promo code SANCAST online at waikia.com to receive 20% off your order. You can also pick some up at 7-Eleven. Live healthy, live sustainably, live ethically, live aloha at waiakea.com. 
thank you guys, the listeners, for giving support to the sponsors, which then allows us to continue supporting us. It's a virtuous cycle. We love it. We love that you're listening. We love that the sponsors are on board, and we love that Wilson Volleyball has been with us since day one. Almost five years now, Wilson has been working with the boys, and we love those guys. We love the volleyballs they make, the ball carts they make. We love the apparel that they make. I saw Troy Field playing golf with the golf clubs that they make. We love Wilson. Love everything they got. Love everything they put out there, and as do you. And to get a 20% discount of all Wilson materials, just the volleyball stuff, get use the discount code SANDCAST-20. All right, that's SANDCAST-20 to get 20% off all Wilson materials. I mean, I'd say that off-season's coming up, but there's really no off-season. But at this point in the year, you probably need to restock up on volleyballs. I know I have. I just put in an order for 15 more. It's about time for you to do the same. So use the discount code SANDCAST-20 to restock on all Wilson volleyballs, the best beach volleyball in the game. This podcast is also brought to you by Athletic Greens. And guess what? Try and I just signed on another year-long contract with Athletic Greens, keeping the partnership going because it is one of the best partnerships we could have for this podcast. If you guys aren't on Athletic Greens yet, if you're not taking those scoops of those green veggies, I cannot recommend it enough. I haven't been sick in two years because of Athletic Greens, and we bring it on the road. They have these awesome little travel packs that they bring. you can bring on the road with you. I bring them everywhere. I haven't missed a day in the last year and a half or so, pretty much ever since me and Tri started working with them. It's basically a multivitamin, the best multivitamin on the block. It's cheap. It's less than $3 a day, which it might sound expensive, but if you're investing in your health, it's cheaper than your cold brew coffee habit. It's cheaper than the lattes, and it's way better for you. All right, it's it's the the best all-in-one nutritional insurance you can get. I mean, Joe Rogan, he has it. Tim Ferriss is promoting it. Michael Gervais promoting it. Andrew Huberman's promoting it. All the big dogs are. We're just the little dogs here at Sandcast, and we're promoting it, and we stand by it. Me and Try, we've been healthy all season long despite playing two huge schedules this year, and Try's got another couple big ones coming up with Olympic qualifying. And the best way we're fueling ourselves, Athletic Green. And you can fuel yourself the same way by using our code athleticgreens.com slash sandcast. All right, that's where you get our partner deal. You will get five free packs and a year's supply of their vitamin D. That is a year's supply of vitamin D. Now, we're on the beach. We get a lot of it anyway, but you can always use more. It's so good for your immune system. It's so good for your overall health. So that is athleticgreens.com slash sandcast. That's where you will find our partner deal. So I cannot encourage you enough to pick up some athletic greens today. If you love the podcast and want to show how much you love the podcast, then get some Sandcast merchandise. We've got t-shirts, we've got tank tops, we've got coffee mugs, hats, long sleeves, sweatshirts, backpacks, you name it. If you go to sandcastmerch.com, you can find virtually anything you want. And if there's nothing in our store that you don't that you want, you can just send us an email and we'll make it for you. That's how easy it is. So if you want to rock your the merch of your favorite podcast today, tomorrow, whenever you want to get it, go to sandcastmerch.com and start rocking some Sandcast apparel. 
Looking for a book to read? Well, I know the absolute perfect one. If you're listening to this podcast, that means you are obviously a volleyball fan of some sort, be it indoors or beach volleyball. And that means that you have probably heard of a guy named Ken Steffes. And if you haven't, well, you can flip open our book, Kings of Summer. You can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, anywhere books are sold. You can find our book, Kings of Summer, The Rise of Beach Volleyball. Now, Ken, he didn't do interviews for like 20 years after his retirement when he was 30. He's the most dominant beach volleyball player of all time. He won more than half the tournaments he played. He won the 1996 Olympic gold medal with Karch Karai, and we wrote all about it. We had the first inside look of the rise of beach volleyball from the first professional tournament in 1976 up until those 1996 Atlanta Games, the first that beach volleyball was in the Olympics. I had an absolute blast working on this book with Kent, and Kent had a blast writing on it. He's been writing a ton on Facebook. He is back in the beach volleyball game, and the best, I mean, it's honestly... You know, it's the work that I'm probably more proud of than anything that I've done because it, it had interviews from all the greats. It had Sinjin Smith, it had Karch Karai, it's got Randy, Dodd, Hovland, and then Kent's there the whole time, his voice going in and out and writing it with me. And if you're a fan of old school beach volleyball, if you're a fan of beach volleyball at all, if you're a fan of volleyball or the Olympics or just stories of greatness, that is the one for you. So go ahead, go to Amazon and pick up a copy of Kings of Summer today. That's been something I've been thinking about a lot. And I say it a lot on the show. Like, oh, you do? Okay. Well, I just try to mention a lot. Like, you got to have an impact somehow off the court. Because I learned it through experience where I was like, okay, I'm going to make the tour. And I'm going to win a tournament. And then sponsors are going to hit me up. And then I'm going to be have money. And I'm going to be doing well. Well, I, I want to interject. Yeah. Because when Riley and I came on to tour and we were, you know, in the qualifier, we yeah. were doing all this crazy stuff. Like, I remember you kind of told us, you're like, dude, you're not going to get sponsored unless you, like, win. Right. Like, what are you guys doing doing yeah. this stuff? Right. I was like, so oh, I was, okay. That, that was my path. <laughs> and then they didn't come. I was like, so where, where's the sponsors? Granted, I did get a good one uh, at a fairly young age with Mizuno. Um, but then I realized, I was like, they're not really caring about what you do on the court. They're caring about how many people watch you, what your personal brand is, how you can tie your personal brand into their brand and sell, ultimately selling their product. Um, and so you have to build your own personal brand in order to do that. So, I mean, that's what it comes down to. Like, you look at NBA players, you're like, no one, no one... There's probably not many guys in the NBA that have better um, sponsorship deals than Shaquille O'Neal, and he hasn't been playing for ten years. Like he's like has all these things. His brand is just so strong, and you know he's one of the best to ever do it. Him and like Magic and mm -hmm. those guys. But um, I just think, especially in our sport, we tend to come in. Players tend to come in and just think it's going to be like an NBA, where you sign a contract and you're wealthy and you made it. Like, no, you got to come into your into the sport, understand the business a little bit to whatever extent and make your mark. Mm -hmm. And obviously playing for me, like the thing I hear LeBron James say all the time is like, keep the main thing, the main thing. That for me is like, yes, absolutely. I have to keep volleyball the main thing, but there needs to be little branches off of that where I'm making an impact and it has to be authentic. So like 
we talked about it. We tried little things here and there that just were dumb, weren't going to work. Your personality has to match well with whatever you're doing. So like, I don't think I could do this podcast without Travis because mm-hmm. there's certain guests and like he knows all the players that are playing everything. I, I know my group players and then I'm like, oh, I get to go learn about these other athletes and Travis already knows about them and their stats and like, mm-hmm. and he knows how to carry a conversation really well and like transition uh-huh. and then, you know, doing the write-ups and all that. So like I found a good partner. I found my own little niche because I can bring the insights of volleyball plus the relationships to the show so i found my thing but i i i want other athletes to all be looking for their thing yeah whether it's podcast or social media or writing or something that you can like share yourself your journey your experience or someone else's with the fans and the fan base yeah because the tour is not going to come out and just give you this great media you know, they're not going to do what the NBA is doing where they like pick certain athletes. Like you guys are our superstars this year and we are going to promote you guys like your gods. I think, I mean, this is probably a controversial thing, but I think, I think our sport does need to pick a few people to, well, I'd like them to do it, but I don't want us to, to, to focus on, to feel entitled to that anymore. Like if it happens, great, but if it happens, let's no, do no, it, it, let's it's, all it's on, do some, it's on your part. own accord. I think, right. I think where most people, uh, they think that, Oh, I need a bunch of followers to get sponsorship deals. Yeah. Or what we're seeing in the marketplace with beach volleyball players is you don't need the biggest following. You don't need to be like a caricature of yourself. Right. right. Um, you don't need to be larger in life. I, that's also something that's not sustainable. It's one route that works for some people. It's, it's one route that works for some people. Right. But what I think the biggest thing is, is differentiation. Mm. and differentiation of of what you're passionate about mm. you know um one example is is jeremy casebeer who uh for the record i absolutely hated in high school and in college because oh, yeah. we went to ucla yeah. but we've become great friends and you know it was he was interested in sustainability like years ago but he didn't know those steps and he just you know started taking you know those incremental steps about reading up on articles using linkedin but finding what you're actually passionate about, mm-hmm. you know, reading up on it. I mean, for the record, I think LinkedIn is a great thing for athletes yeah. in beach volleyball. And, um, you know, creating that side because you're not going to post sustainability stuff on Instagram when people are following you for, for beach volleyball. Right. You can't make that, hey, I'm super interested in, in this subject. You guys should all be too. Right, exactly. You know, so it's those platforms allow you to differentiate yourself and share what you're actually passionate about, mm-hmm. connect with people and brands in that area. I yeah. mean, you'll have, you know, chief marketing officers, CEOs on LinkedIn that if you follow them, don't just connect with these people randomly. Right. You know, follow them. You can comment on a post of theirs, right? You know, in a genuine way, because I hate the word networking. Yeah. just social climbing to me but in a mm. genuine way and you know start conversations with people in in high up positions to start that relationship yeah. with a brand that you're actually interested in and you're showing that you're interested in this kind of area yeah. i feel like um casey pat's kind of mastered that casey I, don't know a, is... I don't know if he's a linkedin guy which i really would like to be better at i just like focus on instas because i'm I don't like doing all that stuff that much. I mean, so it's I just it's have hard. One, but I agree. It's it's so cool that you can get in touch with brands and like 
Yeah. But Casey's Casey's I, Casey just, almost is he he almost works for the companies that he Casey is, is an ambassador K- Casey for. is his own LinkedIn hub. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Casey Casey is a master of all trades. He is the best negotiator. He is yeah. the best salesman. He produces. You know, he he knows he edits, he shoots, he has five children. He can play. He can He's play. An <laughs> Even though he can only jump about this side and he'll admit <laughs> it. I called him out on our on one of our last posts. Where <laughs> I was just saying it on the podcast and then it ended up getting cut into a reel. I was like, oh, sorry, Casey, but no, he doesn't. He can't mind. jump anymore, but I know he knows it. I mean, he probably takes pride in it. He's like, well, I'm still, yeah, but I'm still side I'm out. still doing well. It's <laughs> true. Well, because you have a seven-two wingspan, but and great ball control. God damn it, you're good. Yeah, okay. I'm not flatlining. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he is—he's uh, one of the best. I mean, like for Casey, I mean, I think you coming into the tour with Hayden, you kind of. You were straight in, and you came in, and it's like, all right, I'm. These are the guys I'm competing against. Yeah, they're enemies. Yes. Riley and I, on the other hand, we played it in the qualifier for like three or four straight years, and so when we made those main draws, like walking in and like seeing like Rosie, Phil, Nick, Casey, Jake, like awestruck. The first time we ever did yeah. it, and so like to look at that and like consider these these guys friends or acquaintances at different levels obviously um it's just kind of really cool and we we've had a great relationship with casey's so much fun to work with so much energy but we we've learned a lot we're from him he's definitely been a big influence on uh you know what what we've done but it's just kind of cool to i always say it to you know see the guys that you watch play and you're like dude that guy like like what i was talking about earlier there's there's your play on the court and then there's the product that you're presenting like and and the impact you're having not just with what you're doing as a player and he did that better than anyone and it it taught me a lot and like i said like i was friends with casey from day one because when i went overseas to puerto rico he was on my team so that was my first professional. Were you stoked about that? And what year was it? I mean, I was stoked, and I talked to Nygaard. I remember he's like, "Oh, Casey Patterson, yeah, he's an interesting guy." I think that's what Nygaard was. But that's coming from Nygaard. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And I was like, Complete right, I don't know. Polar what, I was like, I don't know what to expect, but I'm playing with Casey Patterson in Puerto Rico. I'm there. He shows up a few days later, comes to practice. I'm like, you know, still laying low because I'm the new guy on a team in a Puerto Rican league. So only guy that's not Puerto Rican on the team. And uh, Casey comes in the gym like he owns the place, dude. <laughs> Just, what's up, player? Come over here. Let's go. Send me a two ball. Like, I'm still putting my shoes on. He's out there bouncing two balls. And, like, I don't even know if we're warming up yet. In this gym in Puerto Rico where there's, like, pigeons inside. It's, like, outdoor air. <laughs> like, some moisture on the ground. And he's just loving life. Like, he was so happy to be playing volleyball and just bouncing balls in the gym i was just like oh this guy is different (laughs) (laughs) and then obviously you know we're we're boys um on the team i was just kind of trying to figure out how to play professionally he had already won an avp or or no a few at that point i forget what point in his career that was he hadn't make made his he hadn't hit his peak yet which was with jake um but he had already won avps and was like a well-established player um so i was just like watching him and 
he was just playing to the crowd. He was so amped up. I think he was just shoot like C4. taking scoops of C4, C4. to the face. <laughs> his eyes were just going to pop out of his head. And like you could tell the only thing he wanted to do was entertain the fans. Oh, Which I was, it was opposite of me because I'm like, okay, like feel my team out. What do they need? What can I do here? Don't make errors. Which was my style as like a OH2, which just I learned. Come in hard the, angle and. Come in hard angle, cheesy did the, line. Did the Puerto Ricans ever figure it out? No, no one figured no it one out. No one figured it out. <laughs> cheesy line. But, but they didn't like it. The fans didn't like it. My team was like always happy because I'm passing good, covering balls, you know, doing like the small things that I think make a big difference. Fans yeah. are like, let's get this guy out of here. Like, he didn't bounce one ball today. I'm like, bro, I hit 450. And freaking passed half the court, covered your boys a few times. Oh, Casey yachting balls in out like he was good. He was really good. Dude, we gotta um, find that footage. Oh my god! Do yeah. you have that? He he yachting a ball and just walks straight to the fans. You know where we all come. <laughs> we all come in in the huddle, and Casey's just ah. But but then I eventually I learned, and then I played with against him on the beach, and we we're in the thick of it, like. Olympic qualifying, it's me and John versus Casey and Jake for the most part. And Casey, you know, he's the worst at turning it off, on and off, off the court. Like, sore loser. <laughs> you know, he he just, he gets so pissed when he loses. He didn't want to shake hands. He didn't want to do anything. Um, so it was like that for like two years where we like on world tour, but we wouldn't eat dinner together. It's like quiet, like, oh, what's up, player? You know, stuff like that. That's a player, yeah. And younger and just like couldn't separate like the fact that we just wanted to qualify for the Olympics against each other. Um, so I was like, God, I hate him so much. Very respect. It was always respectful, and we always knew we had a good relationship. It was also so close. Yeah, it was so that, close. That, that race came down to that. Okay, and he's better than like him and Jake were were better playing better than us, uh, and they were a little less uh, consistent. But they were they were better, and uh, I just didn't want to accept that. And then you have this guy out there that's battling you, but he's freaking dancing while he's doing it and talking to you, and then popping, locking, and like, Haha, yeah, player, and just going to fans. So that got to you. And then he got wild cards, and I'm like, he shouldn't be, you know. He deserves he deserves no, wild and, cards. And, and then the announcer would be like. Who's cheering for Try and John? Like, yeah. Who's cheering for Casey and John? Like, God damn it. And he's like, yeah, baby. He's just dancing for him and having fun. I'm like, ah. And then Uh, I was like, eventually I'm just like, I I can sit here and be salty about it or I can just learn. Like, this guy's embracing the fans. Like, I kind of was always like, be in my zone and be focused on volleyball. Don't let anything external get in. And I'm like, wait he's letting the fans in on the experience and bringing them in on it with him. And he got like wild cards. Like Hannes was giving him wild cards to events that were very important and was affecting the Olympic race. And I was like, I need to learn from this guy because he's got something. So since then I've been like, okay, embrace the fans. I'm not going to dance because that's not authentic. But and it's it would be ugly. Yeah, I don't know what dance moves. I don't know. I, we'll see. Maybe <laughs> if I need to. But like he, that's when I learned like how much he's actually impacting the sport, and like I need to learn from the guy, not like. And and obviously we kind of learned how to put the, you know, on the court, off the court, separate that a little better. 
yeah over the years um no, and, 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 and i just think he's done such a good job of it he i just think, lives and breathes it i think you bring up a good point a quick side note i think casey uh retiring and moving on to pickleball with his entertainment value Wait, and we status, need to talk to this we need to talk about this i i'm gonna make a prediction in the next two years he's actually gonna be a major player in pickleball just by his i mean what he's brought to beach volleyball Right, but like he's gonna bring that to. I to bet. Pickleball. I bet these pickleball players are are like he's, at that early stages of their mind being blown. Like, what is this yeah, guy doing? They're 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 he's getting they're, in my head. They're trying two thousand and fourteen. He's having so much fun. <laughs> exactly. And so the opponents are all like, "I hate this," and the brands and pickleball itself and the fans. are like, "This guy." Yeah. We love this guy. Well, I think, and I mean, I know you guys talk a lot about like the future of our sport and you know what's wrong. Like at the end of the day, it's it's like a, it's an entertainment product. Yes, it is an entertainment product. Is it? It's a competitive product. Yep. But there's, I think, too much emphasis on that, and I'm not talking about every player being a Casey Patterson. That's just not possible. Mm, yeah, no. But it has to be looked at as an entertainment product, and how can we yeah. make it more? entertaining more engaging and that's not on just the players to do that you know i mean we've seen lotman and partain you know changing up their offenses fast over on two it makes it more entertaining i'm not saying you have to change the way that you play but well they're doing it pure like their entertainment value at the moment is purely through their play yes there's really nothing beyond that I mean, yeah, I think it can yeah. be. De- yeah, I think it can be developed. It's we talked to a bunch of, uh, I'll just say it, old school volleyball players because they got a Facebook group on it. Oh god! And I uh, last time I looked, they said we're not allowing any volleyball talk post two thousand. Oh god! I was like, wow, I'm trying like, to bring bring volleyball together, and we're just <laughs> excluding that. But. Um, uh, there's always this conversation about like, but well, we had the personalities, you know, we had the people that right. went off, yeah, yeah, we yeah. had all of this and mm-hmm. like, you know, we, we don't have that anymore. And it's like, okay, we need to face the facts. Like, yeah, we don't have Hovland. We don't have Stoke, Stoklos and all these guys that are just, you know, just cra- not crazy, but they're very entertaining. Right. You can't expect that from the players. And so I think it needs to come from other areas and we look at other sports and it's, it's context. We it's, have some of it. We, but we don't have the platform that they had either because they had the Miller Lite Tour. They had prime time. Like the pr- platform was there. It is different. Like they, they did. They, they, they did. did it in a much different way. I think, sure. I think where, where I come from is there's not a lot of, and it's no fault of, of ABV or anything else, but there's not a lot of content, just shoulder content, mm. you know. Because we're not on ESPN, we don't cover it in Sports Center. And if we had the big, massive sponsors that are putting us in commercials, now yeah, that's I mean, part of your personal but I mean, brand. like it, it comes with it comes with viewership, right? Right, hundred percent. And so you know, the ABP had Amazon, mm. and that was great. But obviously, Amazon was testing out sports, right? And then they go, okay, cool ABP, and I don't know how this went down, right? But it seemed like okay, cool ABP. We're gonna go buy Thursday night football, right? And now we're gonna have four different live streams for Thursday night football, depending on <laughs> right. w- what do you want to watch. For one game, <laughs> and it's it's kind of incredible. And so I think, um, but what Amazon did do is that you know they had that booth with the commentators and announcers. I think you got a little bit more of that shoulder programming, like the context, what happened, yes. 
There's a lot of the drama. The booth after was amazing. The, yeah, the booth that after was, the was amazing. That's the best part of it, I think. The thing is that there's so much drama in our sport. Yeah. And some of it's covered, some of it's not. Uh, you know, Riley and I can't really, like, go down that path of being, like, a... In, not instigator like a, but like bring to light no, we like we need a we need a tmz of volleyball. hey exactly like also okay. like he so what if what anyone out there knows someone who's willing to be that guy like i want travis to be that guy but he's not he's the he connects with everyone he's he's got to be well, on good he's terms. in the same position as us we need, I mean, a, we need an instigator he has he has access to the players he's a great relationship with the players you exactly. can't you can't burn them you, you can't, can't burn, burn it all. even though it's like we need someone there's, going court to there's court. Some, just, there's some backstories just here. Trying to get any of the and it's not and thing. it's not to be like a uh, you know those magazines or like headline sort of stuff, but it's you know drama is intriguing. They, they leak these things to the ESPNs. The they leak them and then ESPN picks it up and then it becomes these national stories and and whatnot like Kyrie Irving right now yeah it's like the things he's done and said are it's just yeah and but I, I mean there's there's a lot of hurdles to that too you right. know like we talk about the drama between partners and this and that but with our sport as you know like you can't talk smack on your yeah. former partner or why you broke up with them because <clears throat> of so this different. this and that because as we've seen you know one of the best collegiate teams in you know NCA history you know Kelly Clays and Sarah Hughes, right. who are one of the best teams coming out of college, right. competing against the top teams. You know, they broke up. Right. And, you know, if it was covered and there was drama and maybe right. some things said that right. they regret, maybe, what, five years from now, they wouldn't have teamed up again. Right, right, right. So our sport is interesting. It's like, I kind of can't reveal too much. Right. But for the fans, you know, that's... That's where we get a fringe And the fan. rivalries and stuff. Like, for someone to dig in on the rivalries and, like, look, these two, like, this, you know, Lotman, when every time we play him, there's something, like, saying under his breath or him and Trevor, like, like I'm going to smack you in the face, like, shit like that. There's, there's a lot. The brotherly rivalry, like, digging into that. And it's funny that I would, I'm not asking for it because if that were to happen and something negative comes out about me i'm like they're gonna be like oh you asked for it <laughs> why did i ask for it but i think it'd be cool it'd there's be there, fun for there's the definitely a middle ground and i think i think it's uh i don't know if the players will ever get around to it but like if they just know hey this is for the greater good right well or it just doesn't matter you know <laughs> that you got to be we well, I, that person, I'm not gonna. I, I can't. We're not gonna be that guy. I, I can't be that guy. No, no, no. We're not. I can't be that guy. When, when we like great. film athletes, you know, video wise, like we did media day in 2020 and did it again in 2022. We're like, hey, for the record, we're editing this. <laughs> right. No one else can see it. Like, we won't make you look bad. You're good. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying we're we would never blackmail anyone, but we're like, um, let's uh, let's, let's put that one. Imagine to the if there's side. just some girl out there that just did not care and we just walk around with the camera and be like hey i heard you did this or that what's up what's up with that you know just tried to get dirt i mean on everybody if you could make someone like that with travis right but, with but, the journal with the journal back, you know journalism background yeah then uh, i think it would be i think it'd be phenomenal for a sport <laughs> but yeah i, I mean if you're out there contact us yeah i uh i just remember like the like the pll started 
I think right before COVID, which is the premier lacrosse league by the Rabble brothers. And I don't know anything about lacrosse, anything about these guys, but I heard um, the brother, Paul, um, Rabel, Rabble, um, he's like, we're a media company first and a sports league second. And I was like, wow, I, I had never heard that. To come from the top. Yeah, yeah and I mean, sure. if you look at every single professional, I mean, there haven't been new professional sports that have made it to, you know, broadcast television. But outside of the off, you know, I guess the, the side shoot kind of like three-on-three basketball or just kind of variations of professional sports, like that is one professional sport that has gone from, you know, not doing very well at all to, you know, deal with NBC to reaching, you know, pretty high audience and viewership um, from kind of the the bottom up. Yeah. And so that's like a league that I kind of follow on the media side. And I think what they're doing is pretty incredible. They just signed a deal with ESPN, which is like, I've talked to a few, you know, sports journalists and it's like, Dude, if you're on ESPN, you're you're in a good spot. Right, because they can pick up whoever they want. And well, then, you have to bring a certain amount of value for them to even consider you. Yeah, no, for sure. Dude, that stuff's crazy. And, I mean, I wonder if, like, even the NFL or um, any of those big successful um, entities would say the same thing like we are a media company like they're mega media product because you go to a football game live it's not great you definitely have a better experience on tv in terms of like you're seeing replays stuff's up close you're being entertained by the announcers in between plays and like and the football you're like wait really we just sat here for five minutes in the middle of like the quarter like it's not even the end of the quarter but, but there's it's like but it's nothing going on but you're like oh this is a commercial yeah but we're just standing there as fans <laughs> and there's nothing going on this is terrible and i'm like excited to be at an nfl game but really i'm just sitting here and watching football every you know a fourth of the time not even yeah what is it like 15 minutes of yeah. action in, in three hours olympics olympic but ceremonies it's, but it's also it's also an experience and i think yeah this is a rabbit hole that I've gone down too many times of comparing beach volleyball to other sports. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, you know, like, I mean, when you compare football, basketball, baseball, you have, you know, obviously regional fandom, right? Mm-hmm. If you're from that state, you love that team or that city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, generational fandom. Like, my dad was a, a fan of this. Right, right, right. You know, and then... And that's when it comes to sport teams. And then you have individual fandom, right? Like I'm a fan of LeBron. Yeah, so yeah, wherever yeah. he goes, I'm a fan of him. And hmm. so, um, you know, when it comes to beach volleyball, and we look at it, like we need to treat it as an individual sport because like I don't know of a single two-person sport and you can't take doubles tennis and compare it to singles tennis yeah, and say it's on, on comparable. It, w- it w- wouldn't exist without singles. It wouldn't exist. And so like our sport, like we need to treat it as a – individual sport and so i mean i like so if you look at it from that perspective it's not necessary we need to highlight you know certain players performances based upon stats like team hitting percentage those sort of stats can be used but identifying individuals performances and who's best at what and why and you know Mm the sort of things i think like I said, totally. this is a is a rabbit hole with a bunch of different holes. So I love it. 
it's um, super fascinating. I think it's uh, it's I don't know. I think we've been around this sport for so long. I mean, there's been a lot of other people who have been around it for longer, and there's definitely been a massive shift in media because you talked about NBC and Prime Ticket. You know, yeah. back in the '80s, I was just looking into it, and in like '95 was when I think NBC had like. 21 hours of full coverage of 10 events and i was looking into it because that's when wilson joined the avp mm-hmm. in 1996 and to my don't quote me on this 1998 is when kind of bankruptcy or they, they had their, their issues right. and whatnot but like that was broadcast television now we're into broadcast plus everything else right and so Streaming. there needs to be just there's just so many more different distribution models. Yeah. Um, we need to find our niche. Yeah. And so, you know, that's why coming back to, you know, short form content. And we mm-hmm. talked about those interviews that we did with you um, and the highlight stuff. Yeah. And, you know, short form content is where it's at. It's not the most f- fulfilling thing to make. Yeah. Like, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to keep making highlight reels because... <laughs> I appreciate it. I mean, it's good. It's great. Yeah. I mean, if I was still playing, I'd want them for myself, right, and exactly. they are good. And that's just one way of how can you get a fringe sports fan interested in the athletic ability of a beach volleyball player. Right. That's why we went with that. And then moving forward is, let's go a little bit more characterization. That's why with your video, side switching, like... We're laughing. We're asking questions. We're just yeah. throwing stuff in the back, and people that don't know volleyball might be like, "I wonder how, like, is this guy the joke of the tour?" <laughs> <laughs> They're like, how, yeah, low, "How low is this guy?" Right? Yeah, but it's entertaining, <laughs> and and for me, I loved it because it it was it was you, it was yeah. you from from high school, and it's like yeah. this is the try now, exactly. And so there's there's many more. <laughs> yeah, that's why I love it too, because I I think the more like you give me an opportunity to really like show myself the more like comfortable I become just like I all I have to do is go out there and be me because I'm not putting on this facade of like trying to be this something that I'm not yeah and you guys help me with that by like and, and it's hard to do it on your own me and you guys know me better than anyone yeah you know my ridiculousness so it's and it's perfect. I mean it's hard it's hard to like pull your phone out and do an Instagram story it's so hard of like hey Try born here. This yeah. is my morning routine. Like my I, motto I hate. Is. <laughs> <laughs> like no, you, totally. you have to have a lot of a lot of confidence, a lot of goose, a lot of drive to do stuff like and that. It takes time. Yeah, it's a it's an investment. For it's sure. a lot, and so that's why I'm I'm stoked to that Wilson has allowed us to you know kind of take this idea and strategy and you know develop yeah. it over the next year. Yeah, but Wilson. Um, the, Sorry about that rabbit hole. No, I love it. I'm actually Can I refill. Gonna, yeah, let's refill. I want to take it back actually to when I heard about. It's so interesting that you uh, talked about that perspective of the fandoms or whatever you, you called it, mm-hmm. like uh, the regional fandom. Yeah, where you're from that region versus what was the other one like where your father maybe was a fan or something like that. Yeah, so generational. The, yeah, generational which, fandom. Like, we can't have that because like. My dad was a huge fan of Karch Karai. Well, unless Karch's son's playing, you're you can't pass that on. And then regional, we don't have that we don't use that as much. And that's something I've always wanted. I don't know if it's realistic, but I've because I'm very Hawaii proud. Yeah. 
you know um but like what if you had each player like the world tour does each in each surfer or sorry the world surf league does each surfer is an individual brand like 100 percent. they got mm-hmm. their own sponsors they're competing for themselves against their own country but they always have their flag on their shoulder every time next to their name there's their country okay but, and the tour doesn't really but 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 question to you yeah who are your three favorite surfers on wsl the hawaiians the hawaiians yeah okay and then i like but how many yeah, how, how many different Hawaiians for the most part okay no, no, no that, that's i think i think it's fine i mean because i'm regional fan I, I bought in i think to explore those those different areas i think are important i mean when we went to phoenix you had betsy flint and sarah sponsel like the crowd went wild yeah they went absolutely wild lsu you know cloth and nuss it, it went wild um but like i don't think that's something to like prioritize or right. focus on mm. per se i think we need to focus on i think where most the younger demographic is going is obviously is individual right players yeah i and mean fo- no I, I can agree with that like nba wise i don't I'm a. Everyone knows I'm a Vikings fan. I'm, I'm gonna stick with whoever's on the Vikings. NBA. I don't have a team, so I just float. I'm just. I don't know. I don't really care who wins this year, but I like this guy. I like the, these guys. And that's that individual thing. No, like, I'm fully an individual NBA fan. I like you know the team. Like you know, how can you not like the Warriors? Everyone likes the Warriors because it's a really good meshing team with. A Curry who's, you know, undersized and yeah. amazing and whatnot. But I mean, I mean, just just talking about other sports and why your fans like you like the Vikings because of and it's, they're do, and they're well, doing my well. mom's from Minnesota. I, and, and yeah, that's why and generational and, and yeah, generational generational, fan, generational fandom. And you've been through highs and lows. Oh yeah. Are they are they seven? And don't, are they don't jump on our bandwagon? Are they right seven now, and by one? The seven and one. I, and I'm not getting too excited. Our defense is. We've had a lot of close games that we've closed out. So I'm not. I'm not claiming Super Bowl, even though you know someone in my family may have yeah. put a Super Bowl bet down already. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just don't don't try to jump on our bandwagon now. It's too late, you guys. So okay, I have a I have a question for you, Troy. If if in football, if a guy rushes for a hundred yards, is that good or bad? Or is, that's is good. It, is that pretty unreal? That's really good. Um, <clears throat> if a guy shoots. 35% from three-point line in the NBA. Is that good or bad? I think it's good. Yeah. It's, it's good. It's, I don't good. think it's – yeah, I think it's good. It's not uh, like crazy. Do you know what a good digs per set is in beach volleyball? Uh, I want to say f- – no, I don't. F- you don't? F- five? It's around there. You know what What shocked me was blocks. Blocks. Blocks per set. Blocks per set. What's, what's... – Two is like r- amazing. Two. I think only Phil's been the only guy I've seen in two. Two's two's been amazing, right? Two's been amazing. Yeah, and I I only I only bring up that point because we were talking about you know other sports, shoulder content, context, like um, when the freeze was implemented for the AVP, I I was a fan of it. Right. I've won games and I've lost games by it, but we talked about an entertainment product. Yeah. It made a fourteen nine match, you know, that you yeah. would probably walk away from. And go to another thing. True. The most memorable match of the tournament. Yeah. Right? And so I was a fan of it, but we've gotten rid of it since this past year. Right. And now, but that rule kind of skewed the stats 
and of for the AVP for a while. Mm. And I think stats are very important, not just number wise, but like they are an entry point to storytelling. Like, you know, I need to go through it a little bit more, but to know, you know, who's had the most blocks per set or per match or what is a phenomenal performance or who is the leaderboard? You know what I would like is blocks per attempt. Because when I'm split blocking, I can't win well, the number, the I max mean, number of blocks. I mean, running. I mean, but I'd like to see who's the best blocks per I keep, Just I, I keep you and <laughs> you and Trevor out of the uh, out of the spreadsheet I have because you are the split blocking team. Right, right, yeah. But there's there's times where you guys, well, not necessarily Trevor, but even though you're split blocking, you're you're high up and the blocks per set. Right. Oh, I'll take. But that. it's but it, but I'll never like credit for that not that you know, no I'm not no trying no to, no trying to but no, no no you won't you know when you're looking at yourself on the block list you're not even top five or six i'm like come on now come but on, i mean yeah here. that's from the player's perspective from the outside perspective it's like i mean you need to keep it all in context like why did this team win a match like i right. can look at a box score of a game um and objectively kind of tell you what went wrong what happened right you know versus watching a game like oh i think you know try played pretty well i mean i remember i was watching a match because i was sick of the times manhattan beach and uh like you were getting served all the balls and you're hitting like 600 and trevor got like two serves and he's hitting 100 or something like that i'm like wait what what's 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 happening what's going on what's the story but looking at a box score you can understand that and so i think like more of an emphasis on stats and presenting them to the public yes. and showcasing amazing performances yes based upon that is is huge like yeah. uh we have a video of try talking about you know getting an ace what's going through your head on the next ball and you have a I don't you have this. an absolute <laughs> great answer but going through all the footage that we had we couldn't find a single time where you had an ace and then you hit the next ball out. Ah. And, I mean, that's that's not really, like, stats per se. I remember that more when I was younger because I remember the confidence I got. It was like, I just got an ace. Oh, I mean, now everyone. bomb this thing. I mean, younger, but still. But I people... don't, that's not a thing anymore for me. Yeah. I'm like, do the same thing. Don't Don't try to do more than... But what we got you that first ace. We even went through the, the stats on the world tour for the men's. And what was crazy was that some of the teams and individuals that were getting the most aces per set were also had the lowest errors to aces ratio. Which Wait, was say it again? Sorry. I know. This is where it, it gets confusing. No, I'm sorry I'm digging good. into this, but we were looking at some teams that had the highest aces per set ratio. Now, right. if you have the right, highest yeah usually have the highest errors to aces ratio. Casper usually has the highest Casper, I love you. You get a lot of aces, but <laughs> your your errors to aces ratio is very high. Hey, I've heard like Spira that like the indoor coaches over the years have changed what they want in terms of ace to ratio, like what's okay, right? Exactly. And it's pretty high. And errors. I think it's I mean indoor it's like you want one ace for every three errors or something like that. Yeah, something I, crazy, I don't know. Yeah. I mean don't really know what the anyway what it is at this point but there's there's trends and you can see these sort of things of like why teams win matches and hmm. and i think it's uh like i said it's just an entry point for storytelling but 
it's context around a sport. Yeah. You know, and so that's something that we're uh, exploring. We have a bunch of ideas written on our blackboard. I love you guys. Chalk, chalkboard, blackboard. Brainstorm sessions. We've had a few. Oh, man. We even had one here before this house was built, fully built. Remember you brought the board over? We had all the oh, clients yeah. here. Oh, yeah. We well, because I knew, I knew session. just it was me, you, Trevor, Taylor, Riley, right? Yep. And I was like, I know we're just going to talk in circles, so I'm going to write these things down. Yeah. I'm going to write them. Take a picture. I forget what yeah. we talked about, but. Yeah. I, I love it, though. You got to have these, uh, you got to have those brainstorm sessions. And like one out of every like 15 maybe works, but you yeah. got to go for it. No, I, uh, I totally agree. I agree, though. Storytel- um, statistics through storytelling. And there must be hu- like hundreds of people working for these other you know, entities, NBA, NFL, trying to get these. Like, I cannot believe the things that come out of these announcers' mouth. Like, did you know that that was his 300th whatever error while he was chewing sunflower seeds? Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. There must be people just studying these facts. But that's what, and like, they're great. They're that, great stats. That's what, like, intrigues me into the NBA or, or the NFL. Like, Jameis Winston was for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I was like, oh, he had more interceptions than, than touchdowns. Right. Well, because right? you look at his, but you look at his yards and he's like leading the league in yards. You're like, how is this guy not the best? And then you're like, oh, interception <laughs> he just hucks it he's taking some gambles <laughs> yeah he's taking some gambles but it's it may it i mean and i'm not saying this is for the entire public mm. but i think using that as is a way to i i think intrigue people into um a sport like beach volleyball it's not the answer by far and away there is yeah. no easy answer to no. our sport i think there's a lot of different things that can be I don't want to say improve the bond, just explored. We got to find our place. Beach volleyball needs to find its place in this day and age. And, you know, the way that media is and businesses run today. And mm-hmm. I just feel like we haven't really found our place in mainstream mm-hmm. quite yet. So hopefully it happens while I'm in these next few years, while yeah. I'm hopefully at the top. Well, I mean, speaking of which, sorry, um, going on to international volleyball. Yeah. You know, we have Olympic qualification coming up. Yes. Uh, beach volleyball world, you know, there's no, they can have, there's no limit to the amount of teams per country that can enter these tournaments. Right? Right, which is, thank God, just say that. So there's, so, quotas. I mean, this this upcoming tournament, I don't know when this area, this upcoming tournament in Brazil, like, I think there's like six or eight Brazilian women's teams. Yeah. The Olympic uh, country quota is still in place, by the way. Just throw that out there. The Olympic country quota is still in place. Yeah, there's still only two teams can qualify per country. But still, for still, the World Tour, yeah. So, and so when it comes to – we don't have to talk about Olympic qualification, but the way that Beach Volleyball World is set up, you know, it's your best three out of your last four tournaments. Is that staying the same this year? Or I don't can, know. Can you comment on I, that? Uh, I I think the players are trying to get them to change it, or there's been discussions about them changing that. It's there's so much volatility right now, which I don't know. Well, that that when, is one of the most ruthless. It's, it's been negative for a lot of people and really positive for other people. So whether it's good or bad, I don't know. And if they keep it the same, I just need to shut well, up, suck it up, and go play in that system. Like why why complain about it? Um, it's hurt me. Because 
I, I didn't play it. I didn't schedule my year out right with that kind of tournament, whatever. Learned it. Um, but it's crazy. Like, Chile's number, like, three in the world right now. Or, like, uh, you know, there's these random teams that are up there and great teams that are deep. And you're like, did they fall off? Or is it, did they choose the wrong tournaments? Or, you know, it's just so much volatility. Like, one yeah. team moved up 58 spots this week. It's like... Like, that's literally, I'm looking at the rankings every day. And I think, was it Banesh and, and um, Miles? And Miles, Andy and Miles, they want, obviously he's adding finishes, but they moved up 58 spots in one tournament. Really? And then, like, you know, Qatar was, like, back for a while. And then they dropped, jumped another 10 spots up. Yeah. And they're playing and other teams aren't. It's just, I don't know. It's, all, it's volatile, but I think it, it could change. No. Maybe back to four to six. Four to six, something like that. Yeah, it I used mean, to be six of eight. Yeah, I think I think extending that would be a little bit better. I think, I mean, I'm actually a fan. I mean, you know, not taking into account prize money, traveling, and all that stuff. Like, and you can tell me more because of how the WSL has played out. Yeah. But what the WSL did this year, and they had, you know, they had their elite, you know, level, and then halfway through the they season, had they had a cut, mm -hmm. and there was a second round. Mm -hmm. and so those guys are cut you know the the elite level is down to a few a few surfers yeah and there's that second round they're all competing yeah for that to get bumped up to the elite level yeah. next year but with fib it's kind of like well what do you plan what do you do too many events like you don't have everyone going against each other every week wsl all the top surfers on this championship tour the ct are surfing against each other in these whatever 12 events throughout the year you know what they are there's not, there's qualifying series going on and people can go surfing that if they want but you know they're all going to be at the top ct events there's some wild cards given so by the end by halfway through the year it's a legitimate like this is legitimately the top half of the tour whereas like on our tour, it could be these people chose to go way over there on that side of the planet and go play in this thing to get so much points that they jumped this team that's probably better but didn't choose to go fly across the planet and play for basically no money just to get these points. And you have teams doing that all over the place. Like right now, all these teams are playing. A lot of the top teams aren't playing, and they're just sinking in the rankings while random teams go to Cairo, Egypt, and the top yeah. team or whoever is just like i don't want to pay two grand to go to fly to cairo egypt during what could be an off season and yeah you know not make prize money and just literally go there for points because there's no one else playing like and i think it's just all over the place for the record for a uh unbiased uh opinion here yeah. because I know I'm Travis. Travis is actually playing on the world tour yes. and traveling and doing yeah. all this stuff. He's going to Cairo. He's going. I and mean, he just came back from try Cape try does make a, a very good point. Wait, like, let me tell you, Travis went to South Africa because he said, "I can't lose. If I lose in the in the last round of the qualifier or make main draw, I'm moving up drastically in the in the world ranking. So I can just show up and lose." And I'm moving up like crazy. So he literally went there knowing he could lose. It didn't matter. And he moved up in the world ranking. And so from an unbiased perspective, like not only do are these guys competing to have points leading up to the Olympics, like 
just trying to compete. It's a whole chess match. Yes. Of who's going where, what's doing what. Like to be honest, the last three tournaments in the Maldives and Qatar in the Middle East, like those were extremely weak yes. tournaments compared to the challenge events that were earlier on in the year. Yeah. Like if you wanted to score points, you go there, you get those. And I so, should have. And, and so mid, it's frustrating. I should have skipped midseason. I should have taken a midseason. Well, break no one and, knew and grinded right now. No, no one, one. No one. No knew. one knew exactly. No one knew, and it's just like you're putting, you know, all your effort into training, practicing, recovery, and it's just like there's and a few tournaments that no on one's going to go. Scheduling, yeah, right? it's not like this head-to-head, mono-e-mono battle. It's like. Oh, we went to this event and then they pulled it out of that event and then I flew further across the world that you didn't want to fly across the world, so I got these points over here. And it's and like it's, I didn't want to play the game this year. Like I maybe had a bad attitude about it. I'm like, I'm not playing that game. I'm gonna focus on A A V P, I'm gonna go world tour, play what I need to. And we sucked and it bit us in the ass and we scheduled it wrong. We didn't play that good when we did play. Um so now I'm like, okay, next year, play the game, try. Like, you got to play chess. If if that's what the game is, Yeah. don't play checkers. But it's also, I mean, it's also tough, too, when, you know, it's a, uh, you have to, like, there's, I mean, as, as you've told me and most people know, like, federations have different amounts of money that they can, you know, allocate yes, to their teams. Right. So there is a little bit of an unfair advantage when it comes to U.S. is we do very well. We're, USA volleyball. We're is very in supportive. the upper upper yeah. echelon. Yeah. When you map out some of these tournaments, though, most a lot of them are in Europe or near Europe, so traveling costs are a little bit lower. Right. Something like that. I'm not saying that you know it has to be equal along all means, but I think the challenge in the Elite 16 events, I, I like how it is, and I I kind of like the. The drama of it. I think challenge is too heavily. Too I think many points for challengers. There's there's something there. I think three out of four is very is, is ruthless. Yeah. It's very tough because then you do have people picking and choosing what they want to play and what they shouldn't play in. Yeah. Where you have other people holding on to stuff. Where you have other right. people who are like, I got nothing to lose. Yes. We'll play in everything. Yep. And then, you know, get a bunch of points. Um, so it's just like I it's 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 hard it's hard to follow it's hard to keep track of there's a lot of there's a lot of drama there's a lot of highs there's a lot of lows that's the biggest problem is it's at the end of the day what do we say this is it's an entertainment entity and the fans listening to us talk right now are like what it's like I mean, this it, isn't entertaining i don't want to follow i don't want to figure this out well you just let me follow the sport you, and figure out what's going on you're just going to need people to kind of fill in those gaps so so going back to the wsl and that they have like you know their first phase and yeah. then cutoffs. Yes, you know it's it's very black or white. Right. Uh, are you more of a fan of that? And on top of that, this is another side question. As a fan, do you think it's more important for a sport to have Cinderella stories, in that everyone anyone's got a chance to win this, right? Or developing rivalries. Um. Well, first of all. I, as a fan of WSL, didn't gain any entertainment value by them making the cut. You didn't? No. Like, I when wasn't it, like this when it is... came down to it, like the last few events, because I didn't watch it at all. Oh, well, it would have been the same case. It would have been, it would have come down to it anyway. I guess you had more matchup, like head to head matchups where lower seeds can't take out top seeds, right? But, but we're, I, we're... I didn't 
in the last few was like, hey, this guy needs this points or else he gets yeah, relegated. But, oh, that that's a cool part. Yeah, so that there's but not no, only a competition anyway. all the way to, at the top, right. but there's a competition at the bottom. Same the with like international that's indoor true. volleyball. Okay. So, so I, I'm this a Zeke promotion Lau and fan, relegation. Right? Yeah. Zeke Lau, Ezekiel Lau is a Hawaiian. He's like our second best surfer. John John's the best uh, for the men. And he was right on that cut. So I was following the cut and I was really bummed when he got cut. I was like, oh, that's kind of lame. Like Zeke's. Okay, but you Zeke's were following it. Killing it, but he actually had a bad start to the season. And I'm like, okay, I, I know he can like kick it into gear, but now he's off tour. I was like, oh, that's kind of lame. And then I follow, kept following it. I was like, oh, this is fun. But like, how's the second I'd tier like to have the, tour? Those guys are, yeah. The, now they just shift all their focus to the qualifying series. And do you watch that? Uh, I don't watch it, but I'll look at the at results. stats. I won't watch it. At the, at the results. Yeah. Like which the, is which top, still fine. Top one, I'll, I watch. It's gotcha. on, I'm watching it. Other ones, I'm like, eh. Oh, sick. Zeke want. Like, he started killing it over there. And I'm like happy for him, but it's like, I don't really care about the qualifying series. Gotcha. To be honest. Um, but it's interesting to see the rank because you know they're fighting for their lives. Like, yeah, your whole goal as a server is to make the CT. Yeah, um, which but is why I thought it would be cool when they did the Elite Sixteen thing, because originally it was going to be very ha hard to tap into it. Like once you're in the Elite Sixteen, you're in there, and then some teams get relegated because the top top of the Challengers series will relegate the bottom bottom four or something of the 16 so there's that interesting relegation You're like who's gonna get up who's gonna go down whereas now it's like anyone can jump you can be in in you know a bronze medal in a challenger that has no one in it and you just jumped to like top 10 in the world or something and it's like this is just too much like you shouldn't go on a hot streak you should at one point sweden had never played an elite 16 ever They'd never played at a top level because they're because they were young. They'd never played a top level event yet, mm -hmm. and they were like a top five, eight team in the world without ever playing at the top. That should be impossible. Yeah, because they were dominating challengers. Yeah. It was at one point in the year they mm -hmm. hadn't gotten into a sixteen yet. Uh, I think it was early on, but but they were already ranked. You know, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. That should not be the case. If you dominate the qualifying series on the on the WSL, you slide into the back of the challenge. Now it's now you're at the back of the championship series, and you got to work your way up from there. Yeah, it shouldn't be. You were the top in the in the qualifying series, and now you're the top three in the championship series. Yeah. So that's and 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 I I think the product was the idea was elite sixteen. Now we can go to promoters. We can bring this tour around the world with the top 16 teams in the world, and we can present our circus, yeah. our entertainment product to all these markets. Mm -hmm. We haven't, we've barely brought, we've never really even brought the top 16 teams because like some of them are relegated yeah. for, not, for not enough reason. You know, they're not, they didn't, they're not really at number 17 in the world. Like they're really 10 in the world. But the ranking switched so fast that them having two bad weeks slid them so far out that they're out of the, yeah. the entertainment product. When the world really like, well, we wanted to watch those guys. And it's not like they're retired or like yeah. washed up. They just had bad two weeks and now we don't get to watch them anymore. No, and no, I, I agree. This random 
kids that like are in the Cinderella or what do you call it? Like Cinderella the, story, yeah. Or or Cinderella story or like that um, honeymoon phase, yeah, of their career where they just got hot real quick. Now they're in like, yeah. I don't know. I no, just, I think I it's like it. no. I, it's a it's a something to think about, and I think it's something to 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 address. I mean, I think it's, I think the way that Beach Volley World set it up, I think was great. The scheduling of challenge events and elite sixteen events like just made it difficult for people to move up and yeah. move down. Um, but also, I mean, like, how come, how come Travis was, was able to make it into Cape Town? Like, how come the top teams didn't go to Cape Town? Well, because that was the first Elite 16 event in two, three months. Yeah, but so prize money's we have already established is you're not going to make a huge living off of it. So if you have a one-off event that's two months out from another event, you're having to train for two months. Gotcha. Like, ideally, you're tra- you're getting paid for that time. If you have multiple events in that time, you play four events and train for two months is different than and have that gotcha. opportunity to make money. So gotcha. it's like, okay, you guys want to stay in shape at the end of season for two more months yeah. and then go play in this event that is literally on the other side of the world from where we're at, and it's going to cost you about, uh, what do you win? You win eight grand. You split, you win four grand if you win the tournament. Oh, no, sorry. It's an elite. Not, it's yeah, an elite. elite. Um, split 20? Maybe 20, okay. But you're going to mm-hmm. cost you about two to get there. So eight grand. Yeah, no, I think, I mean. I don't know. It's just, I, I think when it comes, I mean, like, I was looking at tennis. I was trying to find a comparable thing. I think tennis is like, don't quote me on this, but you're 19 tournaments. It's your, your, your points are based off of the last 19 tournaments. Huh. Yeah. So I think like the three out of four is three of your last four is the most ruthless um, seating and point <laughs> yeah. in in any. It doesn't tell their story. Individual. The right story. Well, it also it just it it makes people play the points game. I mean, we've seen That's teams that, that have made the last Olympics. Um, I mean, in my opinion, that played the points game and held yeah. on to some finishes mm-hmm. that you know, made it because they held on to it. But if you extend it to, you know, six out of your last eight, you know, you guys go into Rosarito and having one of the gnarliest pools that are made up of all Olympians except for one, right. tying in third and, yeah. you know, playing well. You know, right, yeah. I was there. I yeah, talked, yeah, yeah. I was talking to you about it. And you're like, dude, we played well. But yeah. this was gnarly. Yeah. And just one bad finish, it's the the shifting. It's... It's tough. It's hard. Makes people pick and choose what what tournaments they want to play in, and then you're scared going into matches where yeah. you talk about the honeymoon phase and and whatnot. I think the Swedish team. I think they're they're doing well. They've beaten some gnarly teams. They they're beat they're, Sharif and and um, and Ahmed. They're really entertaining. Thirty five, thirty two. They've but proven like, themselves. But if it is sure. if it is like six out of eight, like then. Uh, they just wouldn't there's, have been in more... as quickly. Exactly. But those guys, by this point with their body of work, they'd be in anyway. Like yeah, they, they're, they're, they're a top sure be in. five team in the world now, I think. Yeah. Like, no, for sure. You could say that. Um, I'm, I'm known for my rabbit holes. I'm sorry. Yeah. We probably have lost a lot of listeners. That's fine. <laughs> just me and try uh, talking story. Yeah, I hope you had a long drive today. <laughs> Oh, I love this stuff, though. It's so interesting to me because not that many people look into it. And you're like, 
knows so much more about it than I do. Just like we just look at it from a different perspective. Exactly. You know, but you you guys have the player perspective, which is one of the cool things because we know that you guys understand where we're coming from and what our perspective is and what perspective we lack probably is more more important there. Plus, you guys are just like really freaking smart. First of all. Uh, and, I think and we business just like, oriented. Your brother just, is we, like we just we just brainstorm a lot. You brainstorm? No, you got, <laughs> dude. Riley, didn't Riley get in? He got into Stanford. I got in Stanford. You both got into Stanford. Screw see, you. I didn't know you got in. Actually, I know I got in for volleyball. So did he, though. Yeah, but it does, you guys are but doesn't mean smart, and you went to like business school. You guys were like very like oh, we want I to think... learn and and understand business and like come out of college with like ready to. To compete in that. Whereas I'm like, oh, bro, if I could just get this, if I could just pass these classes somehow and get this degree, then I'll have succeeded. Yeah. You guys are like, I mean, more business. College, college definitely held us out a, a bit, but I think it, it Both came Marshall from all of, our, all of our experiences outside of it, too. Right. Like, yeah. if we never started making content and all this sort of stuff, like, I don't think our mindset or the way we think about things it would have changed. Like, yeah. It, or so I think that has a lot to do with it, and just looking at what other sports are doing because we make content around beach volleyball, right? And we started making tutorials, and then Riley's like, "Dude, have you heard of vlogging?" I was like, "No." He's <laughs> like, "Check out Casey Nice." I was like, "People watch this, right?" So we went to vlogging. Then yep. we went to doing tournaments, and, or doing formats. Like, oh, could we make this profitable? How could we do this? Yeah, you know to. You know, creating shoulder content and just give context. Like, I remember doing an Olympic update and we did it outside on my porch. And I had Riley do like an Italian interview to give an update on the Italians. Dude, everyone loved that. We were just like screwing around and yep. like it. It just making content and doing stuff around a sport just made us interested in like what else could you do? Like, why do I like other sports? Are you guys more interested in the business side of it or like the content? Like, what's more kind of interesting to you like creating content because i know like i don't know did you create content as a as a kid i remember riley really liked it a lot like riley riley was definitely riley was more into it back in high school yeah like riley actually made videos for like his his class high, his class yeah. he did that he always kind of had like a video camera yeah and he did like he he definitely did have a passion for, or not passion but like a, an interest for making yeah. videos and films and all that sort of stuff um and then i ended up going to grad school at sc because i got injured and my teacher like forced us to make some stuff i ended up making a we had to make a web series and mine was uh some more wine please s-o-m-m some more some more oh, wine I, please i want some more it was a web series about three guys who work at a winery <laughs> <laughs> we filmed it Didn't at. Can you ask Gabby uh, to help you a little bit? Probably. Yeah. yeah. I asked everyone. <laughs> we like script it, write it out, this whole oh, stuff. Yeah. So like Bacaro, Bacaros. Bacaro. Yeah, Bacari. Yeah, yeah. Or whatever. It was it's it it, it was it's awful. <laughs> right. It's so bad. We'll never see the light of day. <laughs> but um no yeah, I think it was just uh I mean, people know that story Riley got injured and you know, we just kind of messed around and I think uh we want to get back to having fun making this sort of stuff. Totally. You know, those yeah. interviews that we did with you and the other players. And we have so much stuff from 2020 that, like, 
we could use with other AVP players of Theo. Like Theo's sneaky funny. People think Theo is so boring, and we yeah. have so much great stuff. It's funny because Theo. Theo's the the one guy who always says, "Yeah, we're just really boring." And like <laughs> he's like Eeyore, but then he's like so witty and like with it. Dude, he's so funny. He's funny. He is so funny. Yeah, it's good. But so Dude. what's 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 next for you? Um, so I'm playing in Florida, Orlando event with John Hyden. What? I'm playing with John Hyden. You are? Yeah. Wow. I'm playing with him in his last event ever. Wow. Which is like super cool for me. Full circle. I get to try to send him like how sick would that be if we want it? That would be dope. It'd be sick. And and he had a bad taste in his mouth after this season wasn't I don't think he's happy about but Chicago particularly. Was it Florida and Taylor or no? Wait, what? The, the oh, taste, no, no, no. The taste no, 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 in his mouth. No, no, no. No, no, no. It wasn't uh, no, scuffle just, with Taylor. No, I think he got last in Chicago. Like He's like, I'm not going to get last in a tournament oh, really? as my last event. Like He just didn't want to go out like that. No, I think he enjoyed the, the whole Taylor <laughs> thing. He loved it. I mean, they were... Oh, that that's thing, rad. That thing was just great entertainment. But, um, yeah, so I'm playing with him, running it back. I, I'm super excited about it. I, I'm just gonna train on my own here for three weeks and then go out there after Thanksgiving. Put four days in over at Phil Dahlhauser Beach Academy or whatever, and then we're gonna drive over. So that that'll be sick. Dude. Other than that, I don't know. I'm just cruising. Gonna go to Hawaii after that. That's bad. That's a that's a good way to finish out the season. <clears throat> yeah, man. And we can get on uh, December second, which is uh, what are you gonna be doing that day? Potentially. Uh... Might be uh, <laughs> delivering a baby. Yeah, buddy. Not me personally. Well, you might have to catch. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> yeah. I'm stoked. Yeah. yeah. Very close. Should be a good end of the year for us. Yeah. Dude, hour and a half. That was a good episode. Well, cheers. Cheers, brother. To all you who stuck around, thanks for uh, yeah, listening to our, our, our babbling. This is what our brainstorming sessions and discussions are about. Exactly. There's one piece of golden nugget in there. You just have to find it. Yeah. Just go back. Cheers. Shoots. <laughs>